Flying Bull Productions presents Lack, Literature, and Film. It's the good stuff. Yeah. The Laugh Podcast. Ooh. Literature and Film. I like it. You got a lot of noises over there today. Yeah. Two frames. I'm, I'm like that guy from Police Academy. What's his name? The Human Boombox. I don't know. Oh, crap. Now we gotta look that up. We actually should start the show with some corrections. Okay. My dad does not enjoy <laughs> swastikas. For the swastikas' sake. He <laughs> likes books about uh, World War II and spies and espionage. That's why he looks for books covers with swastikas on them. Okay, so he doesn't like the swastika, no. but he looks for the swastika. No, he actually on all of his Ameri- media. He looks for the American flag first, of course. Well, but then, if it's like crossed against the swastika or like a flag of the rising sun, he buys two. He'll buy that. He'll buy that book. He'll read that book. That's the kind of literature that he likes. Spy stuff. Yeah. All right. So got to correct that. That's one thing to correct. I got nothing. You got nothing? I was perfect. No, you've made lots of mistakes before in the past. (gasps) Well, our listeners can correct us. And you can do that on the www.thelaughpodcast homepage. Oh, .com, sorry. (laughs) There's a .com in there, too. You can uh, comment on each of our shows or any of our shows and try to reach us through email. And uh, we will... The Twitter... We're, oh, yeah. we're reachable you know, at, uh, at the Laugh Podcast or even uh, the Facebook. There's something on the Facebook too. You can find us at the Laugh Podcast on the Facebook mm-hmm. and on iTunes. You Ooh. can go there. We're mass communicating. You should go there if you enjoy the show and give us a uh, review and maybe say a little something about us. You can ask us questions there. We'll try to respond on the show. Do you know that of all the ratings we have, who has the lowest rating of our show right now? I think it's your dad. My father. <laughs> wow. Hi, Dad. Thanks. This is a, this this show is dedicated to our fathers. Yes. My dad has a you, little J.K. Simmons in him. Give us a one out no, of five. Four out of five. Four out of five. There's always four room out for improvement. Five. Yep. Good job is never good yep. enough. Room for improvement, son. Good try. <laughs> Keep up the uh, work. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> Keep up the mediocre work, son. So yeah, uh, Mister Mister Two Frames. It, would he be three frames or one frame? Oh no no no! He he's got the bifocals, so he's quad frames. Oh wow! I got bifocals now too. Ooh! So my L trains. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I like the bifocals. You do? Yeah, kind of. I don't. I didn't like the uh, progressives. Can you like? Does it really magnify stuff if you just look down? Or yes, Mister. Well, I'm, I'm not frames. sure how that's how bifocals work. Well, no, but if you're trying to look at something, you're looking up and your eye can't see it, and then you just kind of like tilt your head, and then you can see it better. You are familiar with glasses, right? I'm familiar I mean, with glasses, glasses, but I'm not before. sure how the, the the process with the bifocals work. Like, do you just know? Oh, I should be looking through my bottom lenses now. What you do is you look at the thing you're looking at. And if it's blurry, you look through the section that makes it clear. Okay, but so you always look through one lens first. 
No, not necessarily, because they're in a Sometimes you know I'm going to have to go yeah. with the bottom lens. If I'm going to have to look at this sheet of paper, I'm going to have to look through these, these the the buy of the focal part. Oh, okay. All do right. they have trifocals? They do. Ooh. Yeah. That, that would be just too many. I actually could probably me. use that, because I have to sometimes take these glasses off when I'm on So does that have even more magnification? Or? It's just three different levels. Or is that widescreen? I think one of our guidance counselors here at the school has trifocals. But they work on the uh, pro- progressives are supposed to be trifocals too, but you lose a lot of peripheral vision. I need to keep my peripheral vision. I can't have not have peripheral vision. It's very important to me. Hmm. Of all the visions that I have, peripheral is the most important one. I see. I think I want three visions. There was a, uh, I think one of the Medici, one of these, uh, yeah, someone in Florence, I think one of the one of the leaders of Florence in the in the. 1400s could only see out of one eye so he had he didn't have any peripheral vision on his right side mm-hmm. i think he had plenty on the other side so he had a surgeon at the time which was just some guy with a hammer and a chisel chisel out his nose <laughs> so that he could see over a little more yeah because he had this huge giant honker in the middle of his face nice and yeah so there's 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 not photographs, but there's paintings of him with this huge right angle divot in the middle of his face so that he could, they, they like cut that bone out so that he could have peripheral vision. Like there's a guy that's dedicated to making sure no one sneaks up on him. I like that. Yeah. You got to have that. I like all that body modification. You do. You like like when I hear the story, like the guy who cuts off his thumb on the bandsaw and they take off his big toe and they put that where his thumb is. Oh, so you like the grotesque part of that. No, I, I like because it's it's hairier than the rest of the hand. If that were you, would you have the would you have them like turn put the toe in upside down, <laughs> so that the toenail was on the bottom and just make it even more grotesque? Would I don't know if there be a if that would help. If it would, yeah, yeah. Well, you could tap. You could tap a lot better oh. if your if your toe was on your hand instead of your thumb. If your big toe was on your hand. Is it your big toe? They don't take your big toe. Why would they take your big toe? That's the most because important Because it looks of the like toes. a thumb. So what? Like a thumb. A thumb. A thumb. A thumb. My, my grandpa a cut his thumb. his thumb off, and the uh, the nerve curled out and dried. So he has this, like, it's like this... He has a bottle opener? curly cue kind of thing. And I don't know if it hurt Can him Can he open not. up wine bottles with Well, no, it? he's dead now. So. Just, just screw the wine no. bottle into his thumb and pull? No. I was telling the students that he, he threw a shovel at me once when I was a kid. <laughs> Love that guy. Shouldn't have, shouldn't have messed with his hat. He clipped me in the back of the knee. I went down like a sack of potatoes, and then he sicked his dog on me. What, what type of shovel? I mean, are we talking like Pointy one of those edge. snow shovels that Pointy has edge. the big wide? No, it was. It was. We called them hurling shovels because you'd hurl them at people. No, it was a typical, you know, dig a ditch shovel. Okay. Dig a ditch, uh decapitate your grandson's shovel. Nice. Yeah. It's good stuff, man. Wow, who needs lawn darts in the Lusk family? Nope. Yeah, this is Grandpa Meyer. Ooh. Yeah. Meyer means farmer. He was a farmer. So the uh like in in German Meyer means So there was truth in last names in your family? Right. We always we're always we're a very truthful bunch. It's an important element of my life. Honesty. Honesty and integrity. <laughs> yeah, That's very sure. important things. Well. All right, so enough of that chatter and pattern. So we're here I don't for think people love that. 
We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Give us some feedback on iTunes and we'll find out. But we're here. seven minutes into the show and we haven't talked about a movie yet. We haven't? No. Oh, well, then so. we what need to talk about, about? Uh, Grand Budapest Hotel. It's the right. third of our uh, Best Picture reviews. It's the third movie we're reviewing. We've already done uh, Whiplash and American Sniper. Uh, Grand Budapest Hotel is a movie directed by Wes Anderson, written by Wes Anderson. And it's about the adventures of Mr. Gustav H., a legendary concierge at a famous <laughs> hotel. <laughs> a, a, wow. a legendary what? That's a lot of C's. <laughs> Uh, a legendary right. uh, concierge <laughs> at a famous <laughs> hotel from the fictional Republic of Zubroka. Oh, wow, yeah. Between <laughs> the one <laughs> how you pronounce that one. Go ahead, sorry. Between the first and the second uh, world wars, and uh, his lobby boy Zero Mustafa. Okay. And they go on this rip roaring adventure. They're chased because uh, Mr. Gustav H has inherited Boy with Apple. Ah. A, a very uh, important. important painting from the Renaissance period. Painting, painting. Oh, like, is this like a laugh podcast with your favorite yokel? <laughs> My Virginians sorry. coming out today. Okay. Go ahead. It's a very you're, important you're painting. West Virginia. They're, they're chased all over by Adrian Brody and Willem Dafoe, all right. and it's. Awesome. You were hoping I was going to say William Defoe, didn't you? No, I was thinking you were. Yeah. No. Say, no. doesn't uh, Zero, the character Zero, have a uh, um, a girlfriend in the? He does. All right, what's her? Th- who Who's the actress? That, who's well, the actress his girlfriend in the movie. Her name is Agatha, and that's played by Sarissa Rowan. <laughs> Thanks for that, Sarissa. Sar- Sarosa. How <laughs> would you say her name? <laughs> I wouldn't even try. Oh, it's hard. After all that. Well, you know what I did before the podcast? I went on YouTube. Yeah? And I typed in her name, Sarissa Ronan. I think it's Cerise. Cerise. Whatever. And I and I typed in interviews. Right. So that hopefully people would be like, I'm here with yeah. Sarissa. You couldn't hear it? No. People kept pronouncing it different ways in each really? one. Did she never correct them? No. I think she's, she's nice too nice. Kid. Yeah. But she's the actress from yeah. uh, Hana yeah. and uh, so The Lovely Bones. Movies. As well as How I Live Now. How I Do That Now. Uh, which is apparently a pretty popular teen lit mm. book. Yeah, I don't know. Apocalyptic. Oh, wait a good minute. Movie. Yeah, post-apocalyptic. Yeah, I wanted to see that. I never yeah. did see that. Pretty good. Pretty good. All right. Oh, oh you like Interesting it? book. Yeah, yeah. Better than Hannah? No, no, no. Hannah. Yeah, Hannah's, Hannah's awesome. Good. Um, you say Hannah. I say Hannah. But you also say... I actually it. said Hannah. You said Hannah. You also you also say... <laughs> Concierge. Concierge. <laughs> All right. So uh, this is a Wes Anderson movie. This is actually his eighth feature film. And if you've seen any Wes Anderson film, you kind of know the style. Uh, He has a very particular way of filming stuff. Everything's focused in the center of the frame. Um, It has this this weird reality to it. Like, everything feels like it should exist or it should have existed since this film takes place during the 1930s. It but it's feels a completely like, made-up country. Yeah, it's completely fictional. Nothing was actually ever quite like that, but you want to believe it does. Uh, clearly, Wes Anderson has this great appreciation for times gone by. All right. I don't necessarily disagree with that. Well, why do you say that? I mean, well, just the Because I'm thinking of, like, I was thinking of Rushmore and Bottle Rocket. Uh, Royal Tannenbaums. Uh, that the, that's not that's not that's contemporary, isn't it? 
I thought it was like 80s. I thought it was set in well, like 70s or 80s. Maybe. You might be right. Because it came out in like 90. No, it came out in 2001. World yeah. of Tenement Mobs. 2000, 2001. Nothing ever feels set in the 80s. truly modern. The Life of Quiet, Steve Zissou. Yeah, that's again, probably feels 70s. Like 70s. Yeah, you're right. Okay. Um, Is he going backwards in time? I don't know if he's consistently well, well, doing let's that. Let's see. Because Bottle Rocket was definitely, it was his first film. It was that was probably the most modern, yeah, yeah. Rushmore was set in a, had a modern setting. Okay. World Tenenbaums, set in the 80s. And what was the, what was that? Life Aquatics. Life Steve, Aquatics, in, sort Steve, of in the 70s. Steve. What comes after that? Uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox. I don't think that that has a established that. I don't know. I didn't really like that. I only watched half of it. That's the uh, stop motion animation, right? Yeah. All right, so. And um, Moonrise Kingdom. I'm not real sure what time period that would be set in. I've seen it. I'm going to say the 50s. <laughs> Just to be Because honest. the last show, that, or the the very last movie that he did. Oh, we, we're missing the Darjeeling Limited. That's in there somewhere. Oh, that screws up everything. But, I don't know, everything has this Seems kind like of almost retro feel. Uh, he likes to use a lot of miniatures. Well, you know what? It's interesting because the movie itself does that through its its the the plot of the story, mm-hmm. and and even through the cinematography, like the aspect ratio changes according to the era that they're in. because yeah. it's a nested story. That's actually probably one of the most interesting things about it. Yeah, it's uh, set in three different time periods: uh, 1985, 1968, and 1932. And currently, it was also because 1985 is the author writing, but currently it's it's the present day, and and you see the girl standing in front of the author's statue, the author of the book. That was told to him by Zero. In 1968. Yeah. He finally finished writing it in And then he wrote the book in 1985. And then someone's reading that book in 19... Or 2000... Whatever we are okay. now. 2012 or yeah. wherever Wes Anderson But the movie is. moves between, like you said, these three aspect ratios. Right. Um, the classic widescreen... For the stuff that, in that the 60s. Would see, yeah. yeah, I love that. No, 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 the, the Kubrickian st- stuff, right? No, no, the stuff in the 60s is the super widescreen. That's what I mean. That's what you said, the widescreen. No, I'm saying standard widescreen like that would oh, fill the frame on your TV. Right. I got you. Um, that's in the modern day. Then it will go to the super widescreen, the like CinemaScope, the 235. And then for uh, the 1932 stuff, you're in a 4x3. Which is like a standard television mm-hmm. from the olden days. Not your new fangled... Yeah. Samsungs with your HDs and your which plasmas, is, which is interesting and it it's is. not distracting. No, I, I think, think it, the film. I think it's very subtle the way it, it goes. But you spend most of the time in the 30s, yeah. So it's not as jarring when it goes. Uh, I mean, I guess it's sort of nested, like I said. It's an interesting movie. No, and I mean, the plot isn't real important. It's more about just listening to these quirky characters and their conversations. Well, the plot is sort of complicated. Oh, the the plot is very hard to explain. But easy to watch. Oh. You don't, I don't think you ever really lost in the movie. No. Like, you know, like, you don't have the guy sitting next to you going, what just happened? I don't understand, you know? Like, I go to movies sometimes with guys like that. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. I, Present company excluded. Uh, my, my wife is like that. She did when oh, we saw the, no, Did she have that voice? No, she no, no, not that voice. But when we saw the Dark Knight, she couldn't keep Two Face and the Joker separate. Oh, 
So she kept asking, and the guy in front of us was getting really, really mad. He was a comic book nerd, you could tell, and he just could not believe someone could can't tell, tell the you difference could smell <laughs> between the Joker and Two Face. Huh? How could you tell? How could you tell? Just the looks? Oh, the snorts of derision. Oh, really? Even when the Joker and Two Face are on the screen at the same time, she she's going, know. "Which one's which?" Aww. Why'd the Joker's face get burned off? Oh my god. Oh, uh, that's... Oh, he was getting hot. Wow. Oh, well. And I loved yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure That makes did. the movie more enjoyable for me. I didn't know. I thought you saw that with me. No, we saw The Dark Knight Rises together. We didn't see The Dark Knight? Nope. I saw uh, The Dark Knight by myself. Huh. And with your wife. Yeah, I meant oh, okay. separate well, of you. Well, yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, I saw it with my wife at uh, the Hampton Air and Space Museum. Uh, all right. Once I again, think, my superpower I think I saw that shows its head. Too. Yeah, I think I went. Huh, okay. Oh, so you saw The Dark Knight Rises twice. Yeah, I saw Dark Knight Rises wow. twice, and I saw The Dark Knight Surprising. just once. Yeah, well, you were out of town or something. I was going to have to right. wait a week, and I didn't want to do that. All right. Because that's the way I roll. Well, back to the Grand Budapest Hotel. Yeah. What do you think? I, I like it. I liked it a lot. I love the performance by uh, Rafe Fiennes. He was fine. Yeah, um, he was nominated for a Golden Globe for a Best Comedic Actor. He he lost Ed Norton, but I thought he should have won. He's not up for an Oscar. He's not up for an Oscar, unfortunately. Hmm. He got left out of the Best uh, Actor category, and I thought that's a shame. He is hilarious. He's in there. doing more comedy than Ed Norton did. Ed mm-hmm. Norton's role is a lot more dramatic. Oh, I agree. I mean, but no, I think that's his own straight man. Probably our audience knows him best as Voldemort from the Harry Potter series. Oh, do they? I would say. Well, maybe some people know. He's also the new M in uh, Skyfall. He's the one that replaces Judy Dench in that film. He'll also be in the next Bond movie, which I don't remember what that's called. So he, he's Isn't doing a lot Skyfall? of mainstream. No, Skyfall was the last one to come out. They're filming a new one right now, and he'll be M in that. Okay, I missed something. I thought you said that he was going to be... No, he replaced in Judy Dent. Oh, okay. Uh, I don't want to get into spoilers. Even though right, I've already no, I don't care. Yeah, yeah, whatever. All right, go back. <laughs> so he, he's, he's real also good in there. the movie Spider, I think. But wasn't he also in? Uh, was he the guy that was in in Bruges? Yeah, he's. Oh, that's another good movie. Yeah, that's a good comedy. Love in Bruges. That's a funny, funny movie. Uh, made by the same guy that did. Uh, uh, the 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 guy that did Calvary, his brother, Ooh. his brother made that movie. That's a good yeah. one. All right, so back to Grand Budapest Hotel. Why do you keep getting off Grand Budapest Hotel? Yeah, I'm the one getting this. <laughs> um, this movie's nominated for ten uh, Academy Awards. Ten? Hmm. All right. It's quite a bit. And uh, what's interesting is Ed Norton's in this one, and he's in, in Ed Norton is in Birdman, which is nominated for like eight so Ed Academy Norton's- Awards. Ed, Ed Norton is. He could be going up to the stage quite a bit. And this really... No, they're not going to all win. This hasn't got much of a chance of winning Best Picture. No, I don't think it's got a huge chance at Best Picture. Unless you want to use your Maybe second Maybe an outside chance argument. at Director. Yeah, but that would be a hand-me to, uh, to Wes Anderson. This is what I like about... This is what I really like about the movie. Is the fact that... I was thinking when it came out, like the trailer came out for it, I was sort of like impressed with the aspect ratio switch because they do that in the trailer too mm-hmm. so i was just kind of looking for that and then i was going to argue that based on the trailer that it was going to be the least 
Wes Anderson y movie. <laughs> oh, how wrong. It's not. Are. It's the most Wes Anderson y movie, but it's it's so accomplished in so many ways that it's his most accessible movie. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's so strange that Anderson hasn't changed except unless it's to become more Anderson-y, but at like quirky and seemingly artificial. Yeah. And then, but he breaks through in this movie in a weird way so much through, through his own artifice that he compels the moviegoer to come along with him. He's like the, uh, like a, like the movie cartoon finger that rises up out of the pie, <laughs> the cloud of aroma that like convinces Foghorn Leghorn to just like give in and just float on this cloud of aroma through the pie, you know? Well, this has been his most successful film. He's made 175 so million worldwide. Because it is a, it is clearly a Wes Anderson film. Whenever that makes people look at his other films differently. Well, and, and this is a film that I would identify immediately as Wes Anderson. If you didn't tell me who the director was, right. I could watch this and tell you. The other two movies we've talked about so far for Best Picture, American Sniper and Whiplash, those don't... They don't scream Damien Chazelle and Clint Eastwood? No. I mean, Clint Eastwood, I like him as a director. I like his I films. I could argue against that point because that's clearly... Whiplash is clearly a Damien Chazelle movie. I had to ask you whether they're the films he had done, and you told me Grand Piano. And, and he also wrote the uh, last... Exorcism of yeah. whatever part the the last exorcism I, I part just, two to me Wes Anderson Love is the title. closest we get to an altar where there is a complete vision and he's very involved he he writes the screenplay for almost all of his films he does a lot with the art direction uh, the costuming his is, fingerprint is on all aspects of this film this is considered an adapted screenplay. Because it's based on the writings of Ziff Twig or something. You have it written down anywhere? Yes, I do. I can't remember. Stefan Zwig. Okay. I said Zwift Twig. Yeah. How's it feel now? That's my nickname for him. I didn't mispronounce it. Who's the tongue twister boy now? Uh, So it's it's considered an adapted screenplay. Damien Chazelle, our last movie that we talked about, is uh, considered a adapted screenplay because it's a modification of the short that he put Mm -hmm. into cans in order to try to get funding. So these are the only two guys. There are very few people. Wait a minute. Uh, I'm completely off on anything I was going to say. I was going to say something about, because Paul Thomas Anderson's involved in that too. He wrote an adapted screenplay Mm -hmm. for inherent vice. So there's three guys that are up for best director. That also wrote adapted screenplays, right? Okay, but I, it's not their own work. I don't know. Shut up, L Train. You suck. <laughs> you suck at this podcasting. Way to be prepared, man. Uh, Good job. Well, I don't know what. <laughs> I looked up something somewhere, and I came up with some idea. Uh, um, the other thing I always like about Wes Anderson films are you see a lot of the same faces. Uh, in especially the, Bill Cosby. Murray? Well, Bill Cosby plays a small role. Really? Yeah. Where do we see Bill Cosby? In He's this in the movie? fight scene. The end. You mean George Clooney? <laughs> oh, yeah, George Clooney. I often get those two guys confused. <laughs> oh, it's easy to do. <laughs> but, yeah, th- this film, lots of the same people. Bill Murray has a little cameo. Oh, Bill Murray's in there, too, along with Bill, Bill Cosby. Murray. Wow. <laughs> Harvey Keitel, uh, Owen Bills. Wilson. Love Owen Wilson. 
and, and there's a rhythm to Wes Anderson films, and there are just certain actors who clearly understand this rhythm, and I, I they nail it. They love right. it. And, and these are guys, they will drop everything to go and do Who's these the evil films. character? The evil character is Dimitri, played by Adrian Brody, and he's been in a couple other Wes Andersons. Also, uh, in the Darjeeling Willem Dafoe plays uh, Joplin. He's been in some Wes Anderson movies. Yeah. Other, yeah, good stuff. So, you know, if you don't like this film right away, you may need to go and watch some other Wes Andersons and come back really? to it. Really? Uh, what? Not. Why wouldn't you? Wouldn't I, I, that just completely undermines everything no, I, I said before? No, I, I do think this is the most accessible. But Wes Anderson is a certain style of filmmaking. After this film, I would recommend someone go and watch the Royal Tannenbaums. That would be the next Wes Anderson film I would say go watch. Or the Tannenbaums. <laughs> Either one, they're both good. I would w- say Rushmore. You would say Rushmore. Yeah, Rushmore is one of my favorite movies of all time because of Bill Cosby's performance. <laughs> no, Bill Murray's performance. Yeah. Actually, I'd like to talk about Bill Murray more at some in some later podcast. Can we have a Bill versus Bill debate? Bill Cosby, the better Bill, not Bill Cosby. Is there another Bill out there that you, that you're a big advocate of? Because I was thinking about how important Bill Murray was in uh, in my movie development or my appreciation for different movies. I love that Razor's Edge. We could do Bill Murray versus John Candy. Well, that's not really a Bill versus it's not Bill, Bill, is Bill it? versus Bill, but I was thinking the 80s comedy. Yeah, but it doesn't really work there. Bill versus John? <laughs> I want Bill versus Bill. I want to have a Bill, the better Bill debate. Well, you're winning by default right now. Uh, can uh, we do I'm Will- not sure I can argue can for we do Ghost w- William Clooney? <laughs> Wait, was his mom's name Wilhelmina or something? I don't know. I don't know. So but, none of that really matters. But I do maybe think in this some is, future we'll have the podcast that I really want to do, which is one the bill, the better bill debate, <laughs> featuring one bill. <laughs> nice. All right. Uh, be good. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll we'll work on it. All right, we'll work on that one. We'll work on that. But uh, no, I think this is a great film. It's a great comedy. The lines are fantastic. Do we have to do any spoilers? No, I, I wouldn't. Because you can go see this movie without. I mean, it doesn't. The plot is not really that important. It's the production values, the dialogue. Did you know that they made for the Budapest Hotel itself, which you could claim is pretty important in terms of the setting and all. Mm-hmm. They made a uh, fourteen fourteen foot by nine foot model mm-hmm. of it for the. Uh, the miniatures, uh, sort of the intercalary parts where they're, they're riding up to, to the hotel. Yeah. Wes Anderson felt that people would realize that it would be computer graphics if they had done that to create the hotel, that they'd realize that's fake. So he's like, screw it. Let's do models. Yeah. Create this, you know, different sense of style. Well, he does the, that a lot. He likes to use that stop motion mm-hmm. kind of The miniature. interior of the hotel, do you know what the building was originally? Uh, prison. Department store. Okay. They dressed up a department store. And I love the interior of the hotel. You do? Yeah. You must like department stores. It's why it, you it, hang, is this why you hang out in Kmart? Oh, I love the Jacques Penet. <laughs> the, uh, this also has my, my second favorite form of, of transportation. The funicular. Funicular. Have you ever been in a funicular? The, the, a funicular is like 
The tram car? It's a it's sort of like a tram, but it, it's mm-hmm. it's designed just to go uphill. It's How very, do you get that down? Nice question. I'm glad like, you asked. Well, depend. They can use winches and stuff like that, but there's usually on a funicular like the one that's in this movie. Mm-hmm. There are two trams that are attached to each other by cables, and the tram at the top is loaded up with water, so that the water pulls it down because it's it's at an angle mm-hmm. for in order for the cabbage or the the carriage. I said cabbage. The carriage of the funicular to remain level. Mm-hmm. The base of the of the of the carriage has to be angled. Mm-hmm. So when you pour water into it, it's going to weigh down that end more, and that will you you put enough water into this thing, it'll pull the funicular down, huh. while the other one rises to the top. And it uses one track, but there's one section in the middle of the track where the the, the two cars will pass each other, and they have to. They have to, like, build a track that switches around so that they go on opposite tracks. It's just very small and very tight. And then when the carriage that was at the top gets to the bottom, they disgorge the water, (laughs) and it becomes considerably lighter. They do the same process at the top, and then goes back and forth like that. Funicular. Very fun form of transportation. I'll I'll have to try and find one. Yeah. I just would have thought it was a SkyTram or something. No, they have trams. Uh, tram, uh, I don't know. I mean, they have. I don't because it's it's set in nineteen seventeen. Oh, thirty-two. All right. No, uh, I don't know. These are like forms of transportation in like seventeen hundreds, eighteen hundreds. So they don't really have winches. This one might have a winch, but my favorite is the water funicular. This is my second favorite form of transportation behind. To tie. <laughs> Between, let me guess, banana boats and escalators. No, I don't like escalators. I got stuck on an escalator once for 20 minutes. Right Ow. in the middle. It, it broke was, down? It broke down. Yeah. <laughs> so nice. I was standing there for 20 minutes. Until it moved again. <laughs> no, it's the uh, it's a tie between the green machine and the mean machine. The green machine being... You know what the green... You don't know what the green machine is? Our audience doesn't. I'm just trying to You don't think they do? I would ask them, but... (laughs) The green machine is a better version of a big wheel. Because you can go 180 degrees. You can, like, turn around in it. Oh, does it have the big wheels that have the handles? It's got one big wheel. you got these two handles that, that allows you to manipulate the front wheel in such a way so that you can... It's got a handbrake on it. <laughs> you can slide in and skid, and only brakes on one side, so you can do a giant skid. It's a green machine. I didn't have one of these. <sighs> now, I had something that had a little small wheel in the front and two yeah. wheels on the side, and you had handles, and you would hand crank it, but you could sounds pivot. Like torture. No, you could pivot in place. If you just cranked one is. wheel and you went backwards oh, on the other, nice oh, you could spin. And again, you could go down the hill real quick, huh. and then... Jam it in reverse, hill. and you would spit. Well, no, I lived you, on the side of a hill. But did you carry it up to the top of the hill? Yeah. Oh, that's not a very good form of uh That, of that was my whole life. You needed a funicular. Had the, had the scooter that, that was, was triangle-shaped with the handlebars in the front. Uh-huh. You'd ride it down the hill, and you had to carry it back up to the top. Wow. Uh, when I learned to ride a unicycle, ride it down the hill. 
yeah. carry it back to the top. Huh. I never learned how to ride a unicycle uphill. If you didn't have, if you didn't have hills in your I'm life, shamed. you would have, you should, you should be shamed. Wow. Yeah. Interesting My stuff. Life on a Hill. It's the name of my autobiography. My Life Going Down a Hill. Mine is the Green Machine. <laughs> or the L Trade. Uh, the Mean Machine was Dick Dastardly and Muttley's vehicle in the 1968 cartoon Wacky Races. I love me some Wacky Races. You do? Yeah. Because you've seen, you must have seen the uh, Dick Dastardly and Muttley and their flying machines. Probably. Chase that pigeon. Chase that pigeon. Get the pigeon. Get the pigeon. You see that, huh? Yeah. 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 You know, I've, I've seen the Wacky Very Races. Very original name, too, for a spinoff of Wacky Races. <laughs> Dastardly and Muttley and their flying machines. I think that they're still trying to make a movie out of Wacky Races. Oh, and bring God. back all those Hanna-Barbera characters. The Hanna-Barbera and Sid and Marty Croft ruined my childhood. <laughs> Oh, they're such bad. If you go back and look at them now, they don't really hold up. Oh, well, it was all the cheap half animation. Yeah, it was like... Like, they're constantly running, and then they would just recycle the same background. Like, wow, they've ran past that tree ten times already. And how do you keep running inside of this house? This house must be just one huge hallway. It's like this one long... It's like a trailer park of interconnected trailers that runs from end to end. Love it. Uh... Yeah, I was telling my uh, AP students about this recurring dream I had when I was a kid of HR puffing stuff chasing after me. <laughs> <laughs> That's Sid and Marty Croft. That's your least favorite dragon? It's among my least favorite dragons. Among? Wow. Yeah, I don't like Puff the Magic. You hate you some dragons. Any dragon with Puff in the name, I just I, I have a complete animosity towards. <laughs> hate me the Puff versions of dragons. Just because he had parents who had a wicked sense of humor. I don't know if it's that. They're, they're drug references, and they're manipulating the youth. It's a it's a form of subtle, insidious manipulation. <laughs> Thinking that everything's okay, puffing on a cigarette. The kid carries a magic flute. <laughs> he might as well be carrying like a magic bong around. Some would argue the bong would be a little more explicit. It's a talking bong than, than the flute. It would be like having a... I think there was a an article recently that said if they remade these cartoons for today, it would be like a spliffy Spliffmeister and his magic bong. <laughs> I think that's what they would say. And the bong of truth or something. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, so, yeah, that's what those... Things tortured my childhood, but not me, machine. Oh, so in the wacky races, Dick Dastardly and Muttley drove in this like purple and green vehicle. So there's a tie, the two machines. There's also the mean machine in uh, the longest yard. Oh, yeah, yeah, but that's not the same mean machine. No, very, very different. So, all right, why don't we get back to Grand Budapest Hotel, man? Why do you keep going off on these tangents? Because I'm a jerk. <laughs> Anything else you, you want to say? Um, no, I'm interested. I'm going to go out and say this wins three Oscars. You just like over under the time. I'm going to say three Oscars because it's in right, a bunch of weird under. categories. Going under. Under. I haven't even looked at the the categories yet. We'll have to examine that again, but you can write that down somewhere, and we'll yeah. come back to that yeah. at some point. Future We're podcast. Actually, 
We're going to do another few podcasts on each of the other Oscar winners. Hope you've enjoyed this one. Yeah, I think the next one's going to be an imitation game, so look for that. And then there's the other one, which is the exact same movie about a different guy. Theory of Everything. Theory of Everything. We'll do those two, at least. Uh, they should be coming out next week, I think. Yeah. So. Um, we're also going to have an Oscar special Ooh. with, hopefully we'll have some uh, some special guests with us. You can listen to all of those podcasts on the iTunes or on the Stitcher. Ooh. Have you heard about Stitcher? Stitcher? What is that? Stitcher is uh, radio on demand. Wow. You can listen anytime, anywhere with the award-winning free app that lets you listen to all your favorite it is shows. It's free, too. Stitcher also lets you discover new shows with its library of over 20,000 news, entertainment, and sports podcasts. The Stitcher app is available on iOS, Android, Nook, and iPads, mm. as well as in over 4 million car dashes. Stitcher, on demand, and on the go. No downloading, no syncing, no wasted memory. Stream all of your favorite podcasts today. <laughs> Don't have Stitcher? Download it free today at Stitcher.com or, even better, follow the link at TheLaughPodcast.com. Ah, nice, nicely read. Yeah, one of my friends says I sound different when I read these. Well, it's because this is how I teach all my classes. It's harder for you to read. It's harder for me yeah, to Yeah, because you have to put words together that you're not familiar with or comfortable with. Yeah. This uh, version of the of the live read of the, of the of the Stitcher bumper is the shortened version? Short no, improved. Oh, okay. So you improved it by adding more stuff. <laughs> is, that, is that how it's improved? You said you tightened it up. I did. I did. It flows. It's like a river now. <laughs> it's like the Nile. <laughs> Wow, it's a it's a long river, but it's 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 good stuff. We like our partnership with Stitcher. I'm not trying to yeah. denigrate Stitcher. No, or it, iTunes. It's a great iTunes. option if you don't have uh, iTunes or an iPod, iPhone, any of those things. Any of our platforms, any way that you want to contact us, feel free. Um, you can send a carrier pigeon if you want to. Dastardly, Dick Dastardly and Muttley won't be able to catch them because they never do. <laughs> yeah, they never win the wacky race. They never win the Racky Race either. Racky Race. <laughs> it's the Russian uh, version. Yes. Yes, it is. All right. Well, All right. Uh, I am. You are? The L Train. Over there's Mr. Two Frames. It's been a pleasure. You've been listening to the Laugh Podcast. Pox at Bonum, everybody. There be dragons. Take two.